everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 453. Today we're going to take a look at Tail Feathers. Now this is a new game from Plat Hat Games and it's set in the same universe as uh, Mice and Mystics. So it's not an expansion or anything like that. You don't need Mice and Mystics to play this game. But you can, if you want, and you do have Mice and Mystics, you can use some of the figures and the models from the base game in this as different units to kind of expand on this game. Now what this is, is a sort of an aerial combat. There's also hand-to-hand -hand melee combat. You can kind of call it ground combat, but it doesn't really take place on the ground. And you're building these scenarios, either creating your own through a cool system that they have, or you can play through a scenario campaign in the book that they give you. And you have birds fighting each other and like mice have allied themselves with a certain tribe of burbs we can call it and then the rats have allied themselves with sort of a nasty tribe of birds and you have lots of hand-to-hand -hand combat aerial combat and you'll be sending them out on different missions and you can really kind of change up the different scenarios and play them that way and play to different victory conditions like trying to destroy each other's nests or having special objectives and things like that. Uh, so let's jump into how the game works and then I will tell you what I think of it. So like I said, Tail Feathers is set in this fantastical world of mice and rats riding birds in combat. You get two books in the system. You got the rule book and the scenario book. This has four scenarios and also a campaign that you can play through that, but it has a scenario generator, which most of the time in games is kind of tacked on, but I feel like this is really sort of centered around that. And there's a couple of scenarios you can download online and there's more coming for sure. But both are very nicely written and very clear. Now next you have some of the pieces that will make up the battlefield. And you can see these are basically cross sections of trees. And so here you've got the trunk sort of cut out and then you've got different branches and so on on the side. And then I don't have a ton of room to show you on camera, but you will set these out in about a three foot by three foot uh, space here. You'll have these in different corners and then you will start with your birds and things and, and mice on these different branches. And in some of these spots here, you're going to mark with a nest and this is kind of dependent on the scenario and stuff, but we'll go ahead and just put these two nests here like so. But you can arrange these in a variety of ways. And one cool thing you can see is you can actually put these together. You could form a large tree with all four pieces. You know, you could get a second set and then, you know, build all kinds of crazy battlefields with the extra terrain and the extra models, of course. Now, speaking of the nest, each player is going to get a dial, and this is sort of the hit points of the nest. And a lot of the scenarios involve destroying your opponent's nest, reducing, reducing its, its hit points to zero, and then winning the game through that means. And then the game also comes with these two decks of mission cards, and these are actual cards here. And you can see these. Each round, you're going to be able to put one of these face down out into sort of the center of the battle area. And these are different things that if they make it through the round, then they will uh, go off. And there's different types of things. Like you can siege, you can do patrol, rescue, and there might be a special. So the specials are indicated what they do based on the scenario that you're doing and so on like that. And what this is sort of conceptually is let's say we put out a siege here and then we'll put some figures on it. And that's sort of the mice are scurrying underneath the tree canopy and then coming up, you know, from the ground. So it's a very interesting sort of three-dimensional dynamic there uh, with these missions. You sort of send out these little secret squads to, you know, do different dastardly deeds, maybe even intercept somebody else's mission card and cause it to cancel that. Now, a lot of times you will have the sort of battlefield marker and this is kind of placed in the direct center and the rules tell you to place these missions a certain distance from that marker and I've just kind of got everything condensed here of course but 
you put that there and that sort of gives you space away from any possible attacking birds because the birds could actually go down here and disrupt your mission uh, if they if they need to and then sometimes instead of that battle marker you'll have this sort of outpost tree out there and you might put a mission objectives or excuse me scenario objectives and so on on here so there might be cool items you've got to get to bring back and this might be a spot that you fight over now that is the first thing you're going to do every turn is play one of your mission cards in a lot of distance from the center of the battlefield and then you'll put some of your figures down here in your mission box and each player has this sort of player board here and you'll have your mission guys and sometimes guys will get killed and they'll come back here in your reserves and you can bring them back out to your nest and you can also see here this cheese wheel certain things that are going to happen will generate cheese for you and this is sort of like a currency uh, that you can spend to maybe play special cards but if this fills up then you can also kind of resurrect or revive uh, one of your defeated units so the first thing you can do is always play a mission card and there are actually decoys i should say so maybe you just try to throw your opponent off and divert their forces from where you don't want them and you'll throw a decoy out here uh, the other thing you're going to do after everybody has done their mission card is you're going to have these different birds out here and these are awesome models of course you can go definitely look at uh, board game geek or even plat hat site there and look at some really nice painted ones but here you know this one is not yet painted but these look great i mean they look fantastic and then each of these is going to have uh, a different colored and different numbered little indicator in here and you just kind of slide that in here so that way you know who this one is and then you can see and find the cards that go with these two units. So you can see you're actually gonna have a card matching the rider here, the pilot, and then also the bird itself. And of course, you will have cards indicating the abilities of your, your quote unquote ground troops as well. And then I can show you the cards here. So you can see it'll show you the actual figure on the back of the cards that it belongs to. And these two are actually on the different teams, but I'll just leave it for fun. Uh, so that you can see here Snag and then Erigen and that's those birds there. And so normally these two wouldn't ride together, but maybe you have a different uh, type of world or variant you're playing. And so you're gonna match these up and then you're gonna get a token here that matches that on the base. So we can see here, you just put that little token like so, and all the different units you can mark. Now there's a couple of things to notice, of course, that these two units have different special abilities. They've got the amount of health. Uh, this is of the bird there. And then you've also got down here, uh, the attack values, defensive values. He's got a range and a melee attack there. And then you've got movement and so on. And of course, you might also have figures out here on these spaces. And each figure is going to start on these different branch spaces like so. It has a limit of four figures on each of these spaces like so, or one large figure. It will tell you the size of the figure there. You can see that's an S, there'd be an L there if it's large. And the birds, of course, are considered large figures, so they might start off like that. And then maybe he goes here. And then you're gonna start them off like so. But after you've played your mission card for the turn, then everybody's gonna go through a tilt phase. And we'll take a look at this, this is really cool. So you can tilt the bird in one direction. You can go like this, like this. Now if, they start, if they're starting off like that, you can actually tilt them up and that shows that they're gonna take off. And then before you actually do uh, the movement part of it, this is sort of like a semi-telegraph to like, okay, he's gonna be turning left or whatever. Then you can actually roll some dice and you'll actually check here the pilot value of the pilot. In this case, it's two. And so you'll roll two dice. And then if you ever get any of these little asterisk symbols on the dice, these are kind of multi-use dice. They're gonna do a lot of different things. If you ever get any of those, then you can rotate them you know, one step more. So if you were flying and you wanted to go from all the way from left to right, 
you could first, during the tilt phase, click on one space, because you can only click in one direction, and you try to roll again to actually go fully that way. So you could do a hard bank, but it's gonna be a little bit up to chance. And then you're just gonna go through and take turns activating your figures. Sometimes they might actually be in a squad, so you can see these are sort of like armies here, so this, this might be part of one unit. And the card itself will tell you how many figures in that squad you can activate. And in the case of these guys, that are gonna spend all their time sort of on the ground or on the trees, their movement, whatever their movement is, they can move so many spaces like so. And that's just a number of fixed movement points. Now, the birds, of course, is what everybody's interested in, and they move a little bit differently. Now, they're gonna have a movement, and let's say he was here tilted to the left, so he was gonna turn that way. And so then I'm gonna say, let's say he moves three. So I'm gonna say, three things. I might say short, 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 long, short, or whatever. For argument's sake, let's say I said long, long, short. And so what I would do now is I would take two long pieces and then a short end piece. Now there's also a long end piece as well, but your final piece that you actually lay out in front and track the bird's movement has to be one of these end pieces. So if I did long, long, short, my first one will go up here like so. We'll just stick that in there. And then because he's banked left, I have to come out of that left end there, like so. And so he's gonna go like this. And then again, since I banked left, and like I said short, I'm gonna put this one here, and this has to again come out of the left. So he's gonna come all the way around like so, and then there he's gonna end like that, and hopefully you don't move the stuff too much. So it's cool, because it's kinda like X-Wing, but it's a little bit different because you've got this whole tilt phase thing where you're sort of projecting. Maybe you'll you know roll some dice to actually do a kind of a hard bank, but it's kind of up to chance. And you got to kind of eyeball and stuff, and that's something you got to get good at. And you've got to really realize you know what your sort of turn radius is and stuff like that. Now there's a couple of different rules, and you can kind of play like a more basic style of rule with this bird movement or more advanced. I prefer you know, adding in sort of all of the different variants and optional movement rules. I think that's how the game is meant to play, but if you're playing with kids, you can kind of just do away with all that and just make it more fun. Now, if you normally, let's say I flew through a flying figure like so, then we could just have me take a wound and call it a day. But you can get into this really cool thing called a death spiral. So instead of just taking a wound and that's it, you have this little uh, token here and you're gonna lock these guys into a death spiral. So let me just kind of move this out of the way. And so they're gonna sort of turn and face each other. And I'll just, I know I've screwed up the actual positioning, but we'll go in here and then these guys two are gonna face off. And then you're gonna have some rounds of combat here. Whoops. And they're, you're actually gonna roll dice equal to the combined battle value from each of the birds. And if whoever is the winner does the most hits, they're gonna inflict a wound on the bird, and then they're gonna immediately turn here uh, 180 degrees from each other and then go about their business. Now, if there's a tie, uh, once we get into like the next activation round, whoever activates one of these birds again is going to have, uh, we're gonna have another roll off. And at that point, if nobody wins, then they basically have sort of spiral and combined and slammed to their death. So that can be kind of an interesting, almost like a kamikaze kind of thing that you could try to do, you know, just to take somebody's bird out. And that's gonna really kind of depend on the scenario too, because sometimes this, these birds can carry things. They can carry a ground unit, maybe go drop it off. You can pick up like berries and stuff, and 
maybe the mission objective is like take this berry back to your your base and then you win the game or this will heal your base or something like that excuse me your nest i keep calling it base so that's a very cool interesting concept that i'm glad they came up with uh, the other thing is like normally let's say we hadn't interacted here and these two birds were a certain distance now you have this cool uh stick and this is a measuring stick. And you can see you've got this sort of wound end here and then a, a longer end there. So anything within this length of the stick is considered you know, long range or within range. Now anything that's within this distance here of the wrapped side is considered close range. So when you're out here doing combat, you're gonna check the range. So in this case, they wouldn't quite be in close range, but if they were a little bit closer than they would. In this case, then the birds can have uh, melee combat, combat and the birds themselves will fight and you'll use the birds combat value. Otherwise, you're just gonna use the range combat value of their pilots. And combat is basically like mice and mystics. So if you roll as the attacker any swords, if you're doing melee combat, then those are hits. Any shields that you roll as the defender will block a hit. And then you have your cheese that you can roll. So anytime you add, roll cheese, you're going to add new cheese onto your board there. Now with the birds, you can also do what's known as a swoop attack. You could maybe swoop attack a space on here and sort of swing by it. So as you sort of move through this, because you can just move through these just fine, and then you can either land and perch on them, maybe swoop attack a group here. So again, you'll roll your combined attack if you're next to a mission, you can do that. Uh, sometimes these mission folks, they can do a ranged attack based on the type of mission that they have to execute. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But the other advanced rule that you can do, which I would also recommend with, is you have this deck of combat cards, and there's a good a number of these. You'll take seven of these, and you get to choose any seven you want, but that's what you get for the game. And then you can play these at different times in the game. And you can see these cost different amounts of cheese, but if you can use a combat card on a bird, and you see those have a bird symbol, so you can just play those. But what happens is you play that face down and it's exhausted until either the bird is defeated or if he actually perches. If either of those happen, then that card will come back into your refresh pile, which means it'll come into your hand at the end of the turn, so you don't get it right away. So these are really cool, but there's no reason you can't play without these if you really wanted to. And the next advanced rule that you can do is you can just activate a unit um, and a unit in this game is, a, is either a single figure or the entire group of figure, and you don't do anything with the figures in that unit, then you can collect cheese. It's kind of like foraging for cheese, but you can't move or attack with them. The other final advanced rule is what the game gets its name from, and I really like this one too, is let's say I this bird here got wounded, and anytime a bird gets wounded, you'll take two of these tail feathers, and you can see they're double-sided here. It's sort of a fully formed tail feather, and this one's sort of notched on the other side. And you'll take these, just kind of drop them right behind the bird. And then if anybody else flies through this, sort of like debris, if you imagine these birds flying around, you know, inside this thicket of trees, and there's just going to be a lot of activity and a lot of chaos, and feathers and, and everything flying everywhere. If somebody else were to fly through this later, then you're going to remove that tail feather, and then they're going to get rattled and you'll put this rattle uh, status token on the pilot of that bird. You can also catch on fire and other statuses too. But if that happens, then that pilot's gonna be kind of weakened for a turn. Its pilot value is only gonna be a one, so they won't be able to really you know, do any cool pivots. It won't add its attack into any swoop attacks. It can't attack itself and so on. Now at the end of each round, when we do the refresh, you're actually going to remove any of these feathers that are notched, and then any that are not notched are gonna hang around just a little bit longer we're going to flip those over to the notch side and then at the end of the next round they'll come off the board finally the last thing is this leaf movement which is just amazing anyway so what's going to happen here is different uh, pieces of these 
tree pieces here have these little notches and so you'll have leaves in here and so you can have these folks sort of jump in here and maybe he jumps on and then as an action he cuts the leaf and then he starts to move the leaf out and then he'll roll a die and you can see these sides all have numbers and the leaf will be able to move that many spaces well how do you move the leaf well you move it directly towards another tree so let's say there's a tree right there we'll go ahead and put this in here like so and then we'll rotate it oops i'm not doing a good job there but We'll move that there, and then let's say we rolled a two, so we'll put this one here, whoops, and then move it like that. Okay, so however many spaces. And then at the end of the round, in the sort of final phase, the refresh phase, it's gonna move again in the same manner. And so your birds can interact with these, these can fight back, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I did say there is a campaign in the game. There is also these kind of objective cards, these are battlefield effects, that maybe will change objectives, change different uh, conditions on the field, and so you could just sort of set up a random scenario, just put guys out there and try to destroy each other's nests, and do three of these. You can play the scenarios as written, you can play them as a campaign, you can play through the scenarios with different effects. Uh, typically what you'll do is you'll shuffle these up and then you'll deal three out, and that's sort of the, the rules of the game and the differences in the game that are gonna happen. If you are playing through a campaign, and even if you're not sometimes, uh, you can have these grudge markers, which are just great. So if your bird gets defeated, it, of course, it's an angry bird, right? Dun, dun, dun. And it's gonna get angry and it might have a grudge. And so it, you give it the grudge and it can spend this to re-roll dice if it gets in a death row because it's got like that extra rage. So that is tail feathers. Now that wasn't every last detail uh, in the game. There's some stuff I glossed over. Uh, there's not a lot of rules in the game, but it just kind of takes a long time on video to explain it. Once you get in, it's very quick, plays very briskly. If you want to watch like a complete rules breakdown, definitely go watch uh, Roddy Smith's Watch It Played videos on it. Exhaustive detail if you need to know all of that definitely go watch those. Now what do I think of the game? Well, I'm gonna start by comparing it to two other games. Uh, the first one is kind of the obvious one and that's X-Wing. So it's got the similar templated movement, you know, with different arcs and all that kind of stuff and sort of guessing or trying to give an educated guess of where the birds are gonna move and all that stuff. And it's very different though, the way that it's packaged or at least sort of marketed. And what I mean by that is if you would go buy in a core box of X-Wing, you get a couple of ships and you have you know some scenarios out of the box and some stuff that you can play. And I think you do get your money's worth, frankly, with that. Um, this one is a little bit more full-fledged of a board game out of the gate than that. Now X-Wing, of course, is meant for competitive play, organized play, you know, buying lots of packs and ships as they come out in different waves. This one is a little bit more casual, but now I'm gonna sort of talk out of both sides of my mouth because this one you could do organized play and competitive play with. Now, there's not a lot of variety. I mean, there's a good amount of variety for a single game, but you know, for an organized play type environment, it, there's not nothing there yet. Uh, but it also could do that eventually. So I think it can do that. And X-Wing, you can play casually, of course, because that's the only way I ever played X-Wing, as I had a fine time buying the corset and a few of the Waves packs and playing just fine. But this one really has an evocative theme, and sort of the extra mechanics and stuff really bring all that across, like the death spiral and the floating leaf thing is just awesome. I love all that stuff. And like I said, the, the whole thing of like doing the missions and trying to give you that sort of just that extra edge beyond just the sort of pure pathing and combat stuff you know okay did he put a decoy mission out is he trying to do a siege so he can run up the mice and just magically appear on my tree and start banging on my nest or stealing my stuff or whatever 
what are they doing? And so you've got to sort of play that out, and that becomes brings the battlefield itself alive. And all of the scenarios and the campaigns and the different objective cards that you get, which is kind of like Armada, uh, Star Wars Armada, really, again, add to that extra layer of theme and just getting you into the game and getting you into the vibe of the thing. Uh, you know, even like the tail feathers flying, and then if you fly through them, the guys kind of rattle because he flew through like, you know, an explosion, you know, if you had to sort of make the mapping to a space combat. Um, so it really comes alive. Now, the second game, that it reminds me of is an old, old, old game nobody's probably played unless you're old like me is Dragonlance, the board game. And in that one, you had sort of a tower in the center of the board with a lance on top and there were six teams of dragons. You could play as teams like we usually played, me and my brothers, uh, two players with three teams. And you go try to capture the lance and you have to go on the other side of the board and then come back out and you bring it back and whoever brings back the lance is the winner. But it also had different scenarios that you could do. It was an awful roll and move game <laughs> and the dragons always fell over and stuff like that. Um, but it was really fun. I honestly, it was a lot of fun that game. Um, uh, so this kind of feels to me, sort of kicks in my childhood a little bit and feels like an updated version of that, at least mechanically, where you sometimes you'll have like some center objectives that you've got to go and get and unlock and sort of find or forge for different things. And depending on the scenario and the objective cards that you deal out, that's going to change up. Um, so you've got all of that sort of cool, like, like I keep using the word evocative, the cool evocative theme that brings you into having different considerations on the battlefield of what you want to do, not just like blow the other guy up or, you know, just kill all their people or just kill their, their nest or their base. There's a lot of different things to do. So again, this all kind of comes back to the battlefield itself being alive and not just like pure paths moving through everything. And, you know, we can talk about components. Components look amazingly awesome. They are going to have a playmat that you can print out that looks amazing and stellar. Now you can actually go get like a digital uh, file that can cost a couple of bucks and then have it printed. I looked at pricing that out and it was like 60 bucks. The place I checked, I was like, eh, maybe Flat Hat will have it cheaper. But you can also go get like a green felt. I had mine around here. I don't. I haven't been able to find it since I got the game. But you can go get like a little green felt like Michael's for three by three. And that actually would look really nice. I have no idea what I did with mine though. I'm furious at myself. But I was like, oh, this would be perfect. Now I can't find it. <laughs> and so you, you can easily set the board up and it's gonna look gorgeous, I think, with the green felt even. That costs you like three bucks. And it'll actually hold these uh, these pieces nice so they don't slip and slide and also your figures as well um, but to me it's I really get into this and uh, like you can add the mice and mystics figures those are all going to be different ground units and you got the spiders and all that kind of stuff but I don't think you need the mice and mystics base game to get the complete experience at all I would kind of look at it as the mice and mystics base that is an expansion for this game that optionally comes with a complete other game of mice and mystics that you could play uh, because what you do get in here is a good amount um, there is a temptation for me to pick up a second copy I don't know that I'm gonna get it to the table that much where I'd want like a four player game, but I do really wanna try the team game because like I said, when we used to play Dragonlance, you know, we would control two teams or in that case, three teams of figures. So I could see playing some of those team games, there's even a objective online, or excuse me, a scenario online that you can do team games and stuff with, specifically for four players. And then you're gonna get these extra uh, tree pieces here 
and so that would you could make really interesting battlefields and that's you know that's another piece of it is it's not it's not just all in space and it's not just obstacles and stuff like that you could build like a big tree because if the birds fly into a tree you know they they'll take some damage and get turned around and all that kind of stuff so you can make a really dynamic you know forest you know on the table it's gonna be great so i definitely recommend this it just has so much versatility in it in terms of the difficulty. You can play with kids and just you know take out all the cards and the extra stuff, or you can really max it out and get your full game out of it if you really want to do it that way too. So it's a just it's a it's a good kit and it's a good game at the same time. So definitely take a look at this one. Thanks.